I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. No happy ever after, just chapter after, chapter after, chapter. Massacre, make the ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slashers. Michael! All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread Won't protect you on your bed Nothing will from Pumpkinhead This is not a dream, baby This ain't Halloween, baby When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD The following podcast is a production of The Network Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. Got right through it. I don't want to talk, like we said this last time, we're not talking COVID, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, Are you, you saying you we, want to analyze something? <laughs> let's discuss this. All right, let's kick back. We're going to talk about family. Feel? We're going to talk about family. Uh, last time you said you had family coming into town. Sure so do. You, you know, you're looking forward to having some family in. Now, are they staying with you or are they staying at an Airbnb hotel? So let me frame Marriott. it for you, Chris. I'll, I'll frame it for you. I'm looking forward to my family leaving <laughs> at the end of the week. Um, <laughs> no, they are staying with me um, in, in an interesting twist. Some might call it sheer stupidity. My mom had asked me in advance, should we get a hotel room? And I said, nah, I got room. I got space. It's, yeah no it's i did last time they were here but now uh, now it's i have a, a, full... a little bit more full because i the reason i brought this up is because i when you were telling me about your week coming up in my head i saw home alone the very opening of home alone where mm. everybody's in the house just kind of doing things and i'm thinking to myself like how, how it's a good thing we recording beforehand or typically it would be when they're already gone. That's when our normal recording day would be. So imagine if we were recording, like our normal recording day was a Thursday and you're like, yeah, I could probably pull this off. And that, that house was full. Yeah. I'd have to soundproof everything <laughs> under the sun. I'd need like a, like a bubble, like a little igloo, like, you know, those dog igloos that you put outside. Yeah. <laughs> it gives be the there. appearance to, to stupid humans that the, uh, that it's cool, like not like nifty. Or you buy yourself it, this like intricate dog house and he goes and lays in the shade of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't care about that thing. Yeah, but uh, I would need the whole the whole frame of reference there is I would need something like that just to put over <laughs> me so I could record, which is optimal for uh, for limited echo too, because it's a round it's a dome as opposed to anyway, that's not important. And you have a cat too, right? So you have a cat too. 
you have two cats. Yeah, and they then, would probably hide. With were me. you just talking to a dog as well? Yeah. So there's a dog now. There's a dog in the mix. <laughs> the dog is not mine. The dog is the uh, the mother-in-laws who uh, okay both are temporarily here. So, so you've got that. You've got the two cats. You got the family, dude. It is. It's gonna be like the opening of Home Alone. How are you getting well, the through this? Not here though. That's that's the only. <laughs> oh, lucky for her. Lucky. Too, Could you yeah. imagine? Could you imagine if you had the entire house full? Well, how are you getting? So you through say it? that. You're you like that. You're like I gotta. I gotta go get a pack of cigarettes. I'll be back oh, yeah, next going, week. Daddy's going out for cigarettes. <laughs> Never comes back. We need milk. This one's expired. You're pouring it down the drain. Yeah, Mr. Fritz. Uh, Mr. Fritz will be back when he uh, when he finds. It's yeah. The the milk pipeline. It's it's you know. It's been shut down. <laughs> Somebody staged some ransomware in the milk oh, bottling. God. Yeah, <laughs> there. I'm needed. Bye. Yeah, I'm. I gotta go do anything but this. I'll, I'll see you guys <laughs> when I'm done. When I when I feel like I'm done, dude. Afterwards, dude, you really you may you may need to do it. You may need to sit down and talk to somebody. Well, luckily, I'll have that because this weekend I'm going to of not the first one since COVID started that I've, that I've had, that I've worked at, but the first one in this year is I'm going to a Comic-Con. Nice. Hooray. Which one again? Uh, Fayetteville Comic-Con in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So that'll Sweet. be, that'll be as you're hearing this. Yeah. If you have any listeners be, out there in North Carolina, in the area, head out, go say hi to Sean, tell him what's up. Yeah. I'll have a table next, right next to Lex Luger of Buffalo, New York fame. That's amazing. And Magnum TA. Dude. Yeah, uh, here's a here's a bit of uh, the uh, the thing. I'll admit to this on a publicly recorded forum. Uh, I went ahead on Amazon and I bought the Lex Luger book. Nice, <laughs> just, to, just to maybe he'll sign it. Maybe I'll thumb through it while he's there. Try to read but it. I, <laughs> Try I, to I read heard... it and get all your facts. And you're talking to him. You're like, so, you know, I I heard somewhere that you felt <laughs> you're talking to him about some match. Do you remember what that was like? It's written on page seventy-four. Line is he still in a wheelchair? Uh, yeah, I think he's. That's his. Is I, he? I think. I think he's always in it now because back problems. Okay. Maybe he was I in the torture sure. rack for too much. Someone yeah. put him in the rack. I, I don't know. I know he had been in some accident and then he he kind of deteriorated for a while. But I guess there was some sort of physical therapy happening, and I didn't know if he was still in there or not. I see him with his legs crossed a lot, hmm. so I'm guessing he does that. Or he's a very comfortable sitter. It's got to be a mighty comfortable chair to stay in it all day. Depends on the chair, right? Your guys are going to have little fold-out chairs. I don't know how comfortable that is for therapy. It's not, but um, I usually stand anyway on that awful floor. Can you so, imagine going to a therapist's office and standing? They're like, please sit. You're like, yeah, no, I'd prefer to stand. The entire uh, time you just stand. Power move, right? <laughs> oh, man, what's all this therapy talk for? Because uh, that's kind of what we're talking about this week. We're talking about a movie. That has to do with therapy. We're taking out. We're taking out. We're taking out. We're chalking out. out. We're chalking about. We're taking about. We are talking about. Analyze this. I don't know. I don't like it. What do we got to have a meeting for? Let everybody else worry about their own business. This meeting is how we're going to survive. Meet Paul Vitti. How you doing? I feel great. Never felt better. A mob boss with a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got stress. <laughs> Based on everything I'd say, you had an anxiety attack. I need you to find me a doctor, like a psychiatrist. Dr. Sobel? Listen, mister, you can't come in here. This is a patient's private session. You know me? Yes. No, you don't. Okay. You see my picture in the paper? 
Yes. No, you didn't. He's got problems. Well, yeah. You are my shrink. You don't hear the word no very often, do you? I hear it all the time, only it's more like, no, please, no, no. You've got an accent to... Analyze this. In my world, I deal with animals, doctor. Want to be a ribeye? Get away from the car. What is my goal here? To make you a happy, well-adjusted gangster? I'm very angry, and I'm trying to get some... some... Closure. Closure on that. You get a dictionary and find out what this closure is. You know what I do when I'm angry? I hit a pillow. Try that. Just hit the pillow. Feel better? Yeah, I do. Warner Brothers presents Robert De Niro. I couldn't do it last night. Do you mean sexually? No, I mean for the big game against Michigan State. Of course sexually. Billy Crystal. I am here as his consigli glary. Consigliere. You want a fresh one? And Lisa Kudrow. Ah! My wedding is ruined because you've got problems. In the story of a gangster who couldn't kill anymore and the psychiatrist who must cure him. Get rid of the shrink. He knows too much already. It's okay. I wasn't really going to whack it. Oh, all right. Maybe I was going to whack it, but I was, I, was, I was real conflicted about it. Analyze this. You. You got a gift. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro. What a pairing. Who would have known? Mm-hmm. What a pairing. And we're going to get into it when we get to cast. But analyze this. A film about, and it's an easy breakdown. We're not going on to like a seven-year diatribe on, on what this is about. It's a mobster who's dealing with emotional issues and mental health issues, and he needs to talk to somebody about it. And he talks to a therapist who does not want to be the guy's therapist because he's a mobster. There you go. That's the movie. Yeah, it's a it's a one of the five families, uh, the guy in charge of the five families that has regrets. Yeah, heart attacks ish. <laughs> Have you seen uh, this? Had you seen this already? No, and he's just basically a mobster that needs that, that that decides to go see a therapist. Yeah, and the the that that's it's kind of funny in that that premise. Yeah. So you had never seen this before. Um, what did you go when you went into this? Were you expecting anything at all, or were you just like, "All right, let's just see what this is"? Or were you going into this with like, you know, this is De Niro, this is Billy Crystal, this should be decent. Let's see what happens. Like, what was your thinking going in? So I, I, I'm now starting to get asked, "Oh, what movie do we have to watch this week?" Oh, okay. and when I said analyze this, uh, the response was, "Oh, well, I think I like that movie. When are we watching it?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh, um, soon." Okay. How's how's tonight? So we watched this a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, but like a week and a half ago. Yeah. And uh, and it was like when I it was, it was the first uh, it was the first viewing for me, and uh, I was kind of surprised that she was so interested in watching it. So when we sat down to watch it, like she was in, in involved actually in looking at the screen and not her phone. <laughs> Right, so right. I was like, all right, this is probably going to be either a good movie or because it's mental headspace yeah. with a little bit of sillies mixed in. It's in her wheelhouse. So I was like, all right, well, this is probably a good movie, maybe funny. Yeah. But it, I mean, De Niro's in it. And from watching De Niro last week, and obviously Billy Crystal is not, um, you know, he is not known for serious or Shakespearean roles as much. <laughs> you know, um, I think he did. Uh, well, I don't think has he done anything, anything serious. I was going to say everything he's done that I know of, at least, has been has always been comedy. I saw this when I was younger, dude. I remember my dad showed uh, put this movie on for us, 
And this was, I mean, so when I watched this movie, I had already had kind of an understanding of mobster films, gang, you know, mafia films. And, but it, I hadn't been really deep into it as much as I, I am now, obviously that, you know, more years after that of watching mafia films and gangster films and getting to appreciate the history of it and really kind of immersing myself in that stuff. Um, watching it now, like, I gotta be honest, I probably have seen it one other time while I was a kid until now. So I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but watching it now, Holy cow. Did I appreciate a lot of like the whole gangster aspect of it? You know, I knew it had to do with the, the, you know, the psychiatry part, but, and I mean, obviously the gangster was in it, but when watching it this time around, listening to the terminology that's used, the way they speak, I mean, it was really, really done well in that. Like it felt like you went and took a gangster movie and then just added this piece, you know, into it and it made it funny. Um, so let's, yeah, let's get into the plot. Like we said, the plot's very simple in terms of it's a gangster that needs therapy. But the idea here is this Robert De Niro plays this guy, Paul Vitti, who um, witnesses one of his, his closest allies, one of his closest friends get gunned down. And he was actually supposed to be a part of, you know, being gunned down, except he had turned, he was, they were leaving a restaurant. He changed his mind to go back and get a toothpick or something. And that's what saves his life. So he's dealing with PTSD, basically. Uh, but we find out that that PTSD, that, that triggers the PTSD because he's got issues with when his father was killed. His father was in the mob as well. Um, and so before he even finds out what's wrong with him, he's dealing with anxiety issues. He's dealing with that kind of, if you've ever had a panic attack, it really does feel like maybe is this what a heart attack feels like? You know what I mean? Like your mm -hmm. chest gets tight. You can't hardly breathe. You have to like like it takes moments to really try to catch your breath. Um, and he's dealing with this. And so, you know, he figures out, I got to go talk to somebody before we find out he has this panic attack, Billy Crystal, we, we meet him. He's in his office, you know, doing therapy on some old ladies that come in and talk to the, to him about their problems with their husbands, basically. Um, he's out to dinner one night and on his way back, he rear ends a car in front of him and it ends up being mobsters that are associates of Paul Vitti. So, Later on during this panic attack, and he says he need, he tells the, one of the guys he needs help. The guy says, "Hey, I remember this guy. He hit us. Let's talk to him." This is how these two meet, right? And the rest of this film is basically Paul Vitti trying to work through this issue with his dad that he will we find this out later, and Billy Crystal kind of being pulled along, you know, unwillingly to help the guy. But then he kind of still feels, you know, grows to feel fond for the guy and wants to help him. He starts to figure out he wants to help him. But that's what the movie is, is this thing. This is going on. Meanwhile, you're trying to make sure that VD doesn't get whacked and the FBI don't get him as well, right? There's all this stuff going on as well. But basically, it's this kind of straight man comedy routine. But boy, who would have thought it would have been it was going to be Billy Crystal as the straight man, right? And Paul and De Niro as the comedy part of this movie. Well, and... But to that though, like it's this is a very standard formula. But when you put the funny guy as the straight man, yes, it's funny anyway. And you because he's just he's the unwilling participant is really that that's where that's that's a majority of the straight man, and and the funny what what is the other what is the other half called like the funny yeah, man? Sure, the, funny guy. Yeah. So the 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 funny guy is is just kind of 
ignoring everything else that's going on, like everything else that is basically everything that the straight man is saying, which is also funny because the straight man's like, no, I'm, I'm getting married. Why did you have to throw a guy off the roof? You know, like, <laughs> and, but it's, it's just, it, it's, it's almost like a comedy of errors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it always is, if it's done, if, if the script is well written and well acted, then it's, it's almost always entertaining. I mean, you'd have to have, you know, some deadpan people try to play it, pull off being the, you know, the funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the, I felt like with this story and the plot, it, it's straight through. There's no, there's nothing that's convoluted here at all to me. Like I didn't think anywhere in this where you're just kind of like, huh, that doesn't really make any sense. It's a straightforward story and it's clear. It's clear cut because I think what we're, what the whole point of this movie is, it's about the interaction between these two. So they're not really trying to muddle it up with a lot of, you know, intricacies and, and, and kind of confusing pieces. It's, it's a straight up, this guy needs help. The, the guy that can help him doesn't want to do it, but you know, they end up doing it anyway. Um, and then, like I said, it's a mob film. This is a mob film. If you ask me, it's a mob film. It's a mob film through. It's a comedy mob film, but it's 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 got all the mob beats. It's got the guys the way they the way they talk, the way they act. The idea is is you know he's trying not to get whacked. There's about to be this. I love the fact that it opens, dude, with the the history, the history of the mob. That whole monologue at the beginning, um, with the voiceover, with all the, the the discussion about the the commission and stuff, that really happened back in the fifties. That was that was how, or the was it the thirties? No, fifties. That was actually 50s, how yeah. the F, you know the authorities actually realized this is real because before that it had always been whispered that there was a such thing as organized crime, and the authorities, you know, FBI government would not recognize it. They thought it was nonsense. That how could criminals organize and act like a business? that's not that's impossible criminals are scum they're not smart enough um but when this happened level yeah but when this happened it became this thing of like wow this is real and the mafia is a real thing and look at how powerful they are so i love that i love that it opens with factual information to really kind of bring us into a world where it's like okay we can believe, I mean, we can always believe De Niro plays a gangster, right? But we can play, believe that this guy is also having a breakdown and still not be like, oh man, the gangster part, I can't believe he's that, you know? It doesn't make sense. Whereas once we came into a real world, now it's like, okay, you got to realize they're facing jail time. They're facing friends dying in front of them. What are they dealing with mentally? Yeah, well, and it's, you know, the whole perception is push it down. Do your business, get done, rise to power, enjoy it, have a family, have a yeah. side family. You know, it's, it's, right. it's there's a standard formula. I, I guess it's at least it's how it's depicted, you know, and, yeah. and it's, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you, your work distracts you more or less. Dude, I got to tell you, I think it's that's what I love about it when I said it's a gangster film because they they really do keep with a lot of the facts in the way it works like that. The other family and the but girlfriend. they make it funny though too. <laughs> I love Yes, right? Cuz so okay, so here's the thing, and we'll talk about this later with the Sopranos, but like the Sopranos, um some of these other mobster movies you, you'll see where, you know, the mobster has the wife, the family, the kids, and he has the girlfriend. And whenever that's kind of brought up, this idea of like, wait, you have a girlfriend? What the hell do you have a girlfriend for, right? And he's like, well, this is the person that you do things you can't do with your wife, right? Mm -hmm. Because in their mind, their wives 
are have reached this kind of level of sainthood in terms of you can't defile them with what would technically be if it's not missionary you're you know it's wrong you can't do it right in the eyes of god so don't do that with your wife you can do it with somebody else that's you know it doesn't matter because they're not kissing your children with their mouths <laughs> but if it's your not wife, catholic you need a you need a second opinion basically yeah. Yes, exactly. And but they they play into it. And you're right. They play it into it. And it's comedically done. But when you watch it being said in the Sopranos, you watch it with this kind of like, like, holy shit, these people, I mean, these guys are really like that, right? And, and you're fascinated and you're watching it in that aspect. The same exact words are being uttered by De Niro in this film, but it's the way he delivers it. And the like the way he says these things, it's, dude, you burst out laughing. You can't help but laugh at that. Even though the real connotations as that this guy is completely unfaithful to his wife completely. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to them. No big deal. It's just, yeah, it's a part of what a part of doing business, a way of yeah. living life. I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's what it is. I suppose the way they look at it yeah yeah i I love it dude it's everything about it is like i said to me it feels like a gangster film which has which has comedy in it like Mm -hmm. Shaun of the dead is a zombie film with comedy you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah the plot very straightforward i don't feel like there was anything that that i was questioning about you did you look at this going oh well you know what does that mean how did this not happen um i mean there were some things that revealed themselves eventually or like that were a little vague but eventually it's like oh he, do, he doesn't have a separate building where he does his practice where Billy Crystal does his practice. He oh, yeah. has, he does it in his home in a specific room where his son can hear everything through the like, ducts. Growing pain style. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no different than in um, the first Jordan Peele movie we watched. Oh, that's right. Get out. Yes. Uh, where the mom did her, yeah. her uh, practice in her office study area. Um, yeah, I, I, everything made sense to me. Um, you know, right down to Billy Crystal being Billy Crystal, more or less. I mean, everything that he said was was some sort of Jewish connotation. Because spoiler alert, Billy Crystal is Jewish, and <laughs> he amps it up in a lot of his movies. Um, you know, his dad being a doctor as well. Um, you know, made me laugh. You know, played by a different Bill Macy. Um, you know, a a former, uh, not even his real name just like Lex Luger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Lex Luger. Uh, He, uh, you know, Bill Macy is, is an old timey actor, was an old timey actor. And uh, you know, it's just always a treat to see him and him playing his dad, Billy Crystal's dad was just, you know, yeah. You know, a a psychiatrist becoming a, you know, a dad being a psychiatrist and his son becoming a psychiatrist to learn how to deal with and talk to his dad <laughs> which you know. as you see it's kind of repeating because when you're when they're hanging out like uh at the ball game or whatever it is like mm-hmm. anytime the son was was interacting he was very interacting on such a level that's really analytical you know what i mean she's like oh you look like you're having fun he's like well i'm just pretending because i know <laughs> you have to because you're here you know <laughs> so that's not to be awkward kind of a thing like you know what i mean yeah, yeah it's only, kind of it's kind of repeating itself through down the line which is funny like when you notice that mm-hmm. um, the, the only thing that really kind of was a less was less believable was how uh first of all the editing software that they used to um splice <laughs> splice uh, the fbi used sony acid it, it's almost like a reel-to-reel that they were doing that yeah. they were using and dumping it onto a cassette um because cdrs was a thing at this point yeah yeah way. yeah um 
that and how they it took him 30 minutes to, to realize he wasn't wearing the wire anymore uh, yeah but, that was one that was because normally you hear the noises of them ripping all that stuff so uh, yeah there's always you know fumbling around with the microphone um, yeah and there's no mute button on those things either so it's not like he could just mute for a little bit right uh, i mean i say that assuming because <laughs> guess what haven't had to wear a wire ever. Haven't ever been in that type of situation. You never been undercover at the at, at any of your locations. No, you no, don't do they, the undercover boss gimmick. No, no. Everybody knows who I am. <laughs> I come in loud and proud. Uh, I, I hold a banner, wave flags, sparklers in the building. <laughs> hey, it's me. Uh, and also, how did he meet Lisa Kudrow? In when she's working in Florida. Does he get like a private Florida feed? Of there the was news? there was that thing I was thinking about. I said of, of, of the overall plot, it felt like that was the thing that was very kind of rushed. And there's a lot of questions behind like that. How do they meet? So if they whatever it was, fine. But how did none of their families ever meet each other yet? Is this just the how it is when you're that much older? Like you just don't bring them around. But I guess, you know, there was that I was the same way. I was like, Hang on a second. For all, everything we hear is about him going on vacation, and then the next thing you know, it's for the wedding. He's getting married, and it's yeah. not even like it's not even impressed on his dad that like, are you coming this weekend to my wedding? It's just like, are you going to be at my wedding at some point, right? Like, yeah, that was a little weird. That and it didn't go as planned in Florida, so they do it in <laughs> New York instead, which on that quickly. Did he call in, you know, that was a little, eh, not as realistic, I would imagine. But it was, it was unneeded, really. Yeah, uh, I I think that, you know, I I would agree with that statement. You could have had the wedding in New York and then a honeymoon in Florida and just vice versa, have the the thing happen here where he messes with the wedding, but they get married anyway, then go to Florida and have him follow him down to Florida. Well, I think having him go to Florida first so that De Niro could follow him to Florida because that's ridiculous. To set up the boundaries thing, yeah. Exactly. About Bob moment. Because the boundaries being in New York in their backyard isn't really yeah. a big boundary because he knows where his office is. True. Whereas if he tells him, because he tells him where he's going, uh, you know, and then he shows up, then he's <laughs> like, what, what, hold on, wasn't expecting this. Exactly. <laughs> Not only does he show up, <laughs> Everybody shows up. By the, the way. guy, his henchman comes into your room at night while you're sleeping and wakes you up by the where way. you're in bed with your fiance. Like, dude, like if this wasn't a comedy, how fucking scary is that? Like what? Well, and I think it's very, um, uh, what's the word? It's very um, uh, disarming that a, his name is jelly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so um, awesome, dude. It's but then so they works. go to a, then they go to a bar where there are women swimming underwater dressed as mermaids behind the, the bar. Not unlike bad boys too, where they're in the club, <laughs> you know, on the, and Martin Lawrence is on the other side. It's a of the Miami glass. thing, I guess. Right. Well, they were at the Miami. same bar. I, it's a prequel. Is that what oh. you're saying? <laughs> this the bar was before. renovated. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, SpongeBob themed and now uh. it's uh, strip club themed. <laughs> Gentlemen's club. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so there's the plot for you. Let's move on to the actors and acting. Because this is going to be fun. Quite a cast. Quite a cast of characters here. We're starting off. Let's right away. We talk about Robert De Niro. I said it in the last one, Midnight Run. 
Um, this one, like watching De Niro do comedy is just such a pleasure. It really is. At this time. Not so much. Uh oh, why? Are you not a fan of his his Fockers the Meet the Parents work? Well, I mean, let, let's just say that De Niro has started to phone it in not long after this. Okay. Where he just does the De Niro greatest hits. You know, he does the little head nod with the eh, on his the face, look, you know, the, with you know, the wrinkled cursed, forehead and lips closed. Yeah, wrinkled, yeah, yeah, looks yeah. down, points at himself, points at you, <laughs> looks around, you know, wiggles his head a little bit. Eh. Um, but I think that's what they want now, right? Like that's about like that's what the the directors are like. You know what? Just do what you did and analyze this. Do that, yeah. but like dial it back or throw on some more or. Um, but no, dude, like watching him do this, I remember. So this was the, my first foray into seeing De Niro in a comedy role when I saw him younger, uh, when I was younger. And I just remember being super impressed that like, I was like, wow, this guy can be funny too. Um, and not just funny, like pratfall funny, not funny in like delivering one-liners jokes or punchlines, but funny in being, un- being normal, but the way you deliver it and just the kind of. I don't know, man. He killed it. He killed it in this role, Paul mm-hmm. Vitti. Well, and I think that that so you know the talent recognizes talent type thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Billy Crystal being at this point in time, I, I don't want to use the words in demand, but mm-hmm. Billy Crystal is he's very understated and he's a master at it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> he just sits there. You know, at the in. Um, uh, when Harry met Sally, I know what movie. Yeah, just, the movie. Yeah, and he just sits there, and you know, it's like you know, men can fake orgasms just like women can. And <laughs> Meg Ryan just starts doing her deal. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yep. And then I'll insert the audio there. clip right here. What was that supposed to mean? Nothing. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it. So you do the math. You don't think that I can tell a difference? No. Get out of here. Oh. Are you okay? Oh. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, God. Oh. 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 Oh, God. Oh, yeah, right there. what she's having but then i think it doesn't it cut back to billy crystal and he goes oh yeah like that you know yeah. or something <laughs> something so incredibly simple yes that it's like it's just it's 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 almost sarcastic but monotone and just i don't know direct isn't the very word, but... matter of fact just kind of like this matter of fact delivery where it's just it's kind of like 
oh well sure this kind of thing he's he definitely does that um it, very well all and the time whereas de niro's for it. whereas de niro's delivery like like my what i think about immediately which had me cracking up dude was the first time you see him break down crying because it's not like a dramatic crying it's an over it, the top it's a vanderbeek meme to come like the <laughs> and he's like not a, really doing like he's, he's just, literally saying boo-hoo right like he's boo-hoo and then the second he has to stop he's like wiping the wiping his face yeah, away and he's back just, to normal and you yeah. think to yourself is he faking but no like in in the way he's playing this character that's literally how quick the guy breaks down like like on and mm-hmm. off on and off that's commercials like how- <laughs> where they go hiking yeah <laughs> like the most ridiculous scenarios are are like the the they're like the trigger point for De Niro to start crying. Oh, so good, dude! Especially yeah. when Be- Billy Crystal's like, "I'm done with you." That's it, and he's like, "Go ahead, I look at you. You're walking away." And he's like, just d- breaking down, dude. I couldn't. It was too funny. But then again, he's delivering lines that normally in a regular gangster film would be scary. But the way he does it here, it comes off hilarious. It comes off funny. Um. And then we talked about this earlier too. His his delivery of that, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you're good, you, you're good. <laughs> and it's it's oh, that so good. It just goes right into like the traditional mob, New York mob. You know the 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 phrasing, the pentameter, the, oh, the words, yeah. the accent. You know, it's all like it's Goodfellas, it's Godfather. It's like you, yeah. you. Yeah, you're good. And like, then the smile creeps upon his face. Like the timing is just so good. It's like, it's menacing and then it's okay. And then he's like, Oh, okay, good. I'm not going to die right now. Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. like, like when he takes him out to the, to the, the docks yeah. or the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to kill you or not, but you know, let's talk for a second here. And then yeah. he starts to break down, dude. <laughs> he's curled up in a fetal position while everything's going on and he's just crying dude um and then so yeah right you know right next to him is billy crystal which de- delivers so much straight man but again it has to do with the delivery and the way he does it that just makes it funny and it makes it funny because he makes he sells the fact that he wants nothing to do with this just mm-hmm. leave me alone leave me alone type of a thing but you know what here i am i have to do this fine Let's go. Let me sit down in a robe in the middle of this this <laughs> restaurant with mermaids staring yeah. at me and, and talk to you about your 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 feelings. Yeah, it's like I said, talent recognizes talent. And when one good talent bounces off of another good talent, it really brings out the best in each of them. Yeah. And, 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 and I have to I have to I'm almost positive. I, w- I would venture to guess with probably some level of, of certainty that. Billy Crystal did kind of help De Niro figure out what was funny. Like, oh, all right, sure. do it this way. Say it this way because I'm Billy Crystal and I, I bring the haha. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm, I'm sure know. there was some sort of tips that, that were given because this was a masterful comedic performance by De Niro. And I'm sure it was fun for both of them to be opposite. You know, it, it's it's no different than... Um, Wouldn't tra- you love uh, to see all the B-reel, like all the extra footage all the cut scenes. I would love to Billy see Crystal all that being stuff, the mobster and De Niro being the straight man. And dude, Which how about when he does that? When he acts like he's a mobster, dude, he's yeah. slapping the shit out of Jelly and Jelly. just like talking. Dude, that was so good. So good, dude. Yeah, I, I think there was, uh, there was a, oh, I think Blues Brothers did it that way where Dan Aykroyd is, I believe he's the straight man and Jim Belushi is the, or John Belushi is the, 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 the funny, the mm-hmm. haha, the funny man, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, 
Yeah, but yeah. they started the movie filming it the opposite, where Dan Aykroyd was the funny guy, and it was less believable that way. Yeah. Um, Lisa Kudrow, you called, you said it. Uh, she's in this, I think. So with Lisa Kudrow, I, I, you know, I like her because she's she can be funny and and quirky. Mm-hmm. But like for this, it, I didn't feel like this needed to be anything that was going to stand out. It was Lisa, it was Lisa Kudrow. It wasn't a, I didn't see a different character. She wasn't doing anything that made me see anybody different. I just saw Lisa Kudrow or basically Phoebe from Friends without like the too much quirkiness. Yeah. I mean, she's, wow. Looking here, she's done a, a ton lot. of yeah, movies. Dude, she's, and she works television. a lot. But I don't ever see her in anything. That's. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Like, I don't see her in a lot of like, dude. Romeo and Michelle, come on, that's a classic. Never seen it. Really, you've never. We... <laughs> we At some point, it. we're gonna be throwing that on in the future for some our comedies. Um, yeah, she typically when she's in these movies, it's always it's. I don't think she's ever hit a movie, at least not that I've seen, where she's the leading lady in terms of like you like oh, wow, look at her performance. You know what I mean? It's always a supporting role that I've seen her in. And a lot of times it's the wife and you're like, oh, it's Lisa Kudrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're never like, wow, this is a great performance by who's that again? Because I'm so into this movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, I knew it was De Niro and Billy Crystal. But during the movie, I was like, Billy Crystal's being great at being yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. You know, uh, side note about Billy Crystal. Put him and Gilbert Godfrey together in the same room, and it is hilarious. I'm not kidding you. Where did that come from? I, I don't because like you know that it's Billy. Oh, and I Gilbert. thought maybe you saw something. I was like, I gotta see oh, no. this video. I, I've heard dude. some. I've heard some audio. It is really? hel- like, and they're just talking. They're just like, oh yeah, hey, they're like, what's it like to be a Jew? And like, That's amazing. Billy's like, well, let me tell you, and and Gilbert's like, well, let me tell you, and it's just the two of them, and I can say that because they talk about this. So I'm just relaying what they said, not being a Jewish man. Um, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll definitely look for that. It's I'll, I'll see if I can't scare up the one that I was that I'm talking about. But it's hilarious to listen to these. Like if you get like a group, like two or three of the traditional New York Jews together. Like because they run in packs, apparently, mm-hmm. like everybody knows everybody else. And again, this is something that I used to listen to Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. OK where he talks about it and has old people on like Bill Macy, who will talk, who we will get into later. Um, but he just talks to these old people about being a New York Jew. And they talk to him about also being a New York Jew. And it's <laughs> the phrasing that they use. And it's just hilarious. Like Billy Crystal being, or talking about whatever with Gil- like, they could read the phone book and those two would be funny together and just make each other chuckle and laugh. So but you know it's those two talking and i say all that long scenic route to get to lisa kudrow you always know it's lisa kudrow but you're like okay it's lisa kudrow and she does a good job she doesn't she do does a kudrow where it's like serviceable right right you're like you're not going like oh god there needed to be it's, a it's female usually, it's good yeah there needed to be a female for him to balance things off of and she is very animated yes but i don't and it think works that, you need that yeah. well i mean billy look at billy crystal though yeah you know, there, there's a little you, bit of a, I don't know, a physical gap there. And you Can't have to have put, somebody though, that was going to be able to push her way past gangsters to go straight up to the boss and be like, you know, and not too, you're aggressive. ruining my day. And he's just, yeah, not like, <laughs> um, and not like Ray Liotta's wife in Goodfellas. Right, Cause right. she was a little too aggressive. He's all, yeah. you know, you're starting to upset me. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, well, you ruined my wedding day. 
Yeah, she didn't know, but she was like, oh, I know about the mob because I'm a yeah. news reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all about him down here. Uh, Chaz Palamitari, dude. I love this guy. He Star always of, plays um, this guy, this kind of like gangster. He always mm-hmm. has this, the, the delivery is always the same or whatever, but it, I don't know. There's something about Chaz. There's a charisma about him, dude. Like, I want to hang out and talk to this guy. Oh, uh, so Chaz Palminteri still travels and does his um, one-man show. Um, what was the movie? Um, really? Uh, what was the movie that his one-man? What was the one-man show that is that the, his big movie that he wrote was based on? Uh, Bullets uh, Over Broadway. No, no I'm just think. looking at a here. Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale. Yeah, which I think is. I didn't know that was his play. I didn't that, know that, dude. That's his life story as a child. Get the fuck out of here. Are you dead serious? Series. I love I that movie. Did How did I not know that? The, the, well, De Niro's in that. Uh, De Niro directed that actually. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro directed it. I think it was his directorial debut. Dude. Yeah. I absolutely love that film. And I cannot believe I did not know that. That's insane. I've here's here. You want to hear something, something crazy. Never seen it. With, oh you man. Wanna, you want to splice it in? We might have to splice that in soon. That's a really good film, dude. That's what I hear. But the uh, yeah, that's that's his life story. Wow. And it's um, he travels talking about it all the time because you know you got to do press. I got to look for that man. And um, it's uh, he talks about it openly because obviously there's a play about it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, yeah, this is uh, this is the the thing. <laughs> this is yeah. what I. Is what I do. Well, he brings the authenticity to it. So when you see him doing this, I mean, it's it's realistic. Uh, I love him. Like I said, there's this kind of kind of kind of charisma to him when he's talking, when he's moving around. Uh, he definitely puts off that air of like, don't piss this guy off. Like mm-hmm. you do not want to. You don't want to steal this guy's parking spot. I'll tell you that much. You don't want to tell him that he needs to calm down either. <laughs> <laughs> and don't use big words like yeah. like closure, uh, closure. <laughs> find out what this closure is i want to know what he's, he's gonna, gonna hit us, us with <laughs> yeah. dude so good right and he does it and, it and again that's another one where he delivers it which just like a normal gangster would in a gangster film but the mm-hmm. way it's done the setting it's just done so well well um, and and the other part of it too is uh where the guy the, it's so absurd the guy that's sitting on the other side of his desk answers one phone and then he puts him all De Niro on hold and then he just looks at him and says it's for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um Joe Vitarelli he played Jelly this guy's great um was great he passed in 2004 66 years old uh yeah he's you know, mostly known for playing mobsters cuz he's got that look a lot of these you know these italian guys have that look and so they they made sure to, to capitalize on it and take these roles that were easy for them to get mobster roles right um but this good this guy i mean i love this dude he was this guy that was like um he was the mob. He's the the big guy you see in all the mobster movies. The kind of big jolly guy who is fun loving kind of guy, but can be serious too and pull a gun and blow your brains out if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. 1991. He started a movie called Mobster, or he was in a movie called Mobsters, and then he was in In the Shadow of a Killer on TV, and then The Firm and Fallen Angels and Bullets Over Broadway and The Commish, which was a TV sh- series. Um heaven's prisoners all these sound like oh eraser 
all these sound like oh mafia exclamation point <laughs> and uh analyze this um oh he was on the tonight show uh, the making of mobsters mickey blue eyes mickey blue eyes uh hitman's run all these movies this guy was typecast as oh and then he was in shallow hell and he was start he was sh- he was on NFL Monday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants. Nice. But he's he's in so many Italian ties. Yeah, that's know, like a lot of the people in this movie. A lot of these are are di- normally actors, like I said, that you're going to see in the role of a mobster or you know an, an Italian immigrant, something to, the, to that effect. Because I mean, they look the part, they act the part, they 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 get into it. One of the guys that was in the in this uh, played Carlo Mangano, uh, Leo Rossi. So I mm-hmm. knew this guy when I saw him on screen. I was like, oh, hey, it's the dude from Halloween too, because I remember him being in Halloween too. But he's also uh, in Maniac Maniac Cop too. Have you ever seen Maniac Cop? Uh, I've heard of Samurai Cop, but I don't know that I've heard <laughs> of Maniac Cop one or two. And that's a bold uh, statement. Yes, that's a Bruce. These are Bruce Campbell films, but yeah, he plays. Oh the, boy! Oh yes, they're <laughs> that amazing. Just sets it all up right there. They're amazing, but yeah, Leo Rossi's in this. Um, Molly Shannon, a little a little cameo of Molly Shannon playing one of uh, Billy Crystal's uh, patients, talking about her love life, dude. And she plays Molly Shannon the way she again. She's another one of these actresses that when you see her, it's just like Lisa Kudrow. It's like, oh, it's Molly Shannon. But Molly Shannon brings a little bit more to it, I think. Well, yeah, if she goes into a character, like she can do a character and, and pull that off. But if you usually see Molly Shannon in a role uh, in a role as just maybe a side character or a supporting actress, it's Molly Shannon. I don't ever see her where I'm just like, whoa, this is somebody completely different. Well, and I love what they did in the scene where it's just Billy Crystal's thought and it's showing you his <laughs> thought, his thought of how he wants to just yell at her and tell her to knock it the shit off. Yeah. And then he's wa- just sitting there like, hmm, how about that? I want to show Aaron the movie. She hasn't seen it. And I want to show her that because I want to ask her, how many times has that happened for you, for you and your insane? <laughs> Don't name names. I know you can't do that. <laughs> just give me a number. Yeah. She'd be like, every single one. No, I'm just kidding. Every single long term patient. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else is in this that kind of sticks out? Pat uh, Cooper. Pat Cooper. Yep. Uh, what else has he been in, Pat Cooper? Let me see. Uh, a lot of things. Um, not actually, no. I say that. I say that. To he just say, looks no, super uh, familiar. I've seen him before. Uh, he was in Analyze That. He was in a <laughs> probably a, an aptly titled ankle bracelet as Milt Epstein. Uh, let's take a look here. He hasn't done a lot, but he looks like a guy that you would. I think he's a. Well, Pat Cooper is a. Oh, he's a comedian more so. I think he does a lot of voices. Oh, Friars Club. Um, He's on Seinfeld. That's uh, probably where I saw him. It was on Seinfeld somewhere. You know who else was in this? That um, you know who that uh, um, Asif Asif Manvi. Yeah, uh, refresh me who he was in the British. Movie. He like, was the doctor. He comes in saying that it was a oh, panic yeah. attack. He's like, "Hey, who said anything about panic? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I'm the kind of guy that panics?" He sort of the and then the jelly Starts like beat him up, pulls the uh, <laughs> the privacy curtain over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, he was, he's in this movie on, in the early days of his career. Yeah. He's done a bunch of things. Spider-Man two, mm-hmm. the Tobey Maguire vehicle mm-hmm. starring, I guess, appearance Maguire. by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. 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 Uh, side note. I can't wait to see what Bruce Campbell does in the new Dr. Strange movie with, uh, Sam Raimi directing. 
That's going to be interesting. Well, that'll be a conversation for later. There's a lot to talk about with Dr. Strange, my friend. Um, are you watching Loki, by the way? Well, oh, what am I, I, an asshole? I haven't yes. seen it yet. I haven't seen the one. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'll, you, I'll, I'll jump in. You should know better. You're not good, you. Uh, but overall, dude, the, the the idea behind this cast, it's a decent supporting cast. You have a lot of people doing a, a good job in what they do. But the focus is De Niro, is Billy Crystal with a little bit of sprinkling of palmentary. No son. His son was like so sporadically put in this movie too. Like, yeah. Was he really needed? Like, no. I mean, but if you want it to kind of show that relationship between the son and like, like I said, you could see the kind of the 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 cycle repeating itself through through the young generation. Even he was almost like the comedic relief between him and Billy Crystal in those scenes where you know there wasn't De Niro so maybe that's the logic there yeah it it, Um, it did work but it was like all right well and and like you said uh lastly Bill Macy right the Mm -hmm. one who played Billy Crystal so this guy you said is a prolific person the only one that I recognize the reason I was like oh I recognize him is I saw a picture of him when he was on the show Maude my grandmother used to watch that show so I remember a lot of those old episodes um but I didn't like I don't I don't think I've known anything else that he's in the producers, the jerk. Oh, the my jerk. I do know the jerk. Me, myself, and I from 92. Um, but he is very much a, uh, he's a comedian, uh, stage actor, obviously. He was on Maud. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perry Mason, I saw. LA Law, Seinfeld. I mean, Seinfeld had all of these people, all of these old timers on it as like, probably in in the same vein all of these uh, old timers that were his inspiration yeah in completely different roles than they would you know they were if he had de niro on de niro would just be like a guy in a coffee shop slurping coffee behind yeah. him and that would be his only thing you know yeah 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 he'd be like a waiter yeah or a bagger at a grocery can, can I, can I get, store like a with a stutter a waiter with a stutter a bagger at a grocery store and a high pitched voice can i can that is the stupidest thing, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about this cast? I think the cast was great. Um, you know, it was, it, it was like you see these people, and you're like, oh, I wonder what they do in the movie. And is again, it's just like an episode of Seinfeld, very small part. Um, I think the big thing, directed by Harold Ramis. Oh yes, that's right. It is directed by Harold Ramis. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can, but. It's hard to go wrong with Harold Ramis. Didn't think it didn't even like it didn't register until well, it registered when I was watching the credits at the opening of this uh, of the film. But then like, wow, you're right. Mr. Harold Ramis. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say about the acting. Great performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Solid. Impressive. Helps the movie. Uh, helps elevate the movie, I think. Exactly. All right. Let's get into the music, the soundtrack. It's a mobster film, so it has the uh, kind of expected 50s doo-wop songs once in a while. You've also got a little bit more updated songs. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch comes to mind. Um, That played here for a little bit. There was another song that played that was like, oh, Conga by uh, when they're in the... the, um, Gloria Estefan and the the Miami Sound Machine. It was just the Miami Sound Machine at the time. Oh, they didn't call her Gloria Estefan? 
well, she, that was her name, but she, her <laughs> name just called her Miami her sound machine. <laughs> yeah. It, what she, okay. I know this and I forget how I know this, but the Miami sound machine was just a band. I believe in Miami, but the Miami name, the Miami term in the Miami sound machine might be a misnomer initially. Uh, and then um, they added Gloria Estefan because I believe she was, she was involved super with, famous. She was involved with somebody in the band perhaps and Maybe, then yeah. she became you know she became the the band the she group. became gloria estefan well she are the the they added gloria estefan and the miami sound machine followed then by dropping the entirety of the miami sound machine true from the moniker true and then she got in a bus accident broke her back and everyone thought she was going to die remember that one that was a while ago but yeah. yes um Tony Bennett is on this. Oh, he also makes a cameo. We should have said that as well in, in the acting side of it. He shows up at the very end as uh, makes a cameo. Private private concert by Tony Bennett. Private in the front yard. So how Dude. private is it really? Can I ask you? Yeah, right? Like this is a neighborhood. Who Does no one in that neighborhood know who Tony Bennett is? Are you a fan of Tony Bennett? Uh, I do enjoy a good Tony Bennett song. Anytime, go. anywhere it's played, I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's, it's Tony Bennett, right? Tony Bennett huge pothead question huge pothead question for you hmm. which was the better singer for you sinatra or bennett Ooh, that's a tough one so Be- yeah careful I mean, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh, get a phone um, call hey you you, you i hope you point with two one, fingers you. not one because it's the powerpoint <laughs> you um uh so sinatra has long lasting smaller catalog bennett has a larger yeah. catalog of music what, because 60, he lasted longer 70 years well he's still alive i think yeah. he's also part of it yeah. but sinatra just has that voice i mean he was also an actor too yeah you know so um i mean i don't want to get into a debate about this but um i, I don't know I, I know more of sinatra's things you know and every song is is a hit with sinatra you know yeah gotcha up for die hard believe it or not What's that? Sinatra was the uh, original John McClane. Die Hard's a remake. What? What? Yeah. Die Hard's a remake. Um, they put it out in 56. I have to hear Sinatra say, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. No, no, no. They don't do that. They don't do that. <laughs> it was a different character, a different title. It was put out in the book was 50. Oh, so it's based 55. on a book. Yeah. And they said it very, in the opening credits of Die Hard, by the way. I don't uh, even. But, when's the last they, time I saw it? But yeah long enough ago yeah we watched it uh, a year and a half ago actually because she never saw it never saw it well put it on at christmas time yeah it's a yearly show <laughs> there's a polarizing statement <laughs> <laughs> well interesting dude yeah i did not know it was a remake i'm gonna have to check that out too now that's interesting uh, it's a remake he was given first right of refusal on john McClane, but at 1985 he was a much older man and realized that he couldn't do a lot of the stuff <laughs> wow so wow he, he passed on it that would That's have been interesting. a much different career for Bruce. Um, yeah, Bruce Willis. I almost said Bruce Jenner, which is not, <laughs> a, which is not her real name anymore. Um, wow. Yeah, I was listening um, to a thing about Wheaties this morning. And <laughs> the former Bruce Jenner was on the Wheaties box. You cut all that if you want. <laughs> Louis Prima. Louis Prima singing a couple of the kind of Italian classics, these old careful. school classics. I think it's Louis Prima. Is it Louis? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Louis. Louis um i'm luis. not gonna say luis luis <laughs> luis 
Uh, for me, the soundtrack on this, it fit. Everything about it fit. It fit It fit the feel of the film, too. Like, the era that this film was made, you know what I mean? It just felt like that, like... Well, it's a Harold Ramis film. Like, it has the 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 overall flavor everything about the 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 soundtrack on here works for me the the guy that did the howard shore uh of canada scored this mobster movie it's a shore score it's a shore score for sure (laughs) okay (laughs) and just looking through some of his other credits works with david cronenberg a lot wow did the dead zone uh did after hours with scorsese did the fly the Goldblum version, big, your favorite. And I wonder if he composed it on a big piano where he had to jump around. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, did a you know, uh, Philadelphia, the client, Ed Wood. Um, those that did not have Tim Burton on it or Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, Tim Burf, Tim Burton is the director. Uh, he did Fincher movies. Oh, he did that thing you do. Okay. And, oh, uh, so he's around. He knows what's up. And a comparable dogma. It works. It works, dude. It definitely <laughs> works. So similar. It all works. Um, yeah, he, for, oh, yeah. also the Lord, of, the Lord of the Rings. This guy's all over the map. Well, alrighty then. Let's move on to sound or uh, special effects. All, all practical. I didn't see anything else that's not practical in this. Uh, we had gunfire, we had blood packets, um, we had explode. Do we have explosions? I feel like there was an explosion somewhere. There was. Um, there was a guy falling off of a out of a building window too. Yep, Tony Bennett. Um, I mean, that, he was that, he was not digitally a hol- He's not a hologram. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. I don't mean nothing in this made me go wait. What the the special well, effects all look no, right? No special effects did that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, there's really not much to say, dude. Like if you, it, it's hard to make, you know, I don't know. What do you call the, the flash at the end of your gun when you're shooting? Well, that's just a blank, you know, whatever it is, whatever's happening there. I mean, it still looked, it all looks good. You can make it look bad. I've seen ones that look absolutely hokey and horrible. I've seen blood packets that explode and look absolutely hokey and horrible. I've seen bullet holes hitting cars and it looks ridiculous. This one, it just, I mean, everything looked normal and it, nothing took me out of it. Well, I think they played to their strengths too of, we don't really need the realism of bullet holes hitting. So let's just swap out the car or put those magnetic bullet holes on the, on the car, you know, at the end that looked yep, like yep, Robocop exactly. shot it up. Exactly. Um, but let's do the scene in the dark so that we don't have to worry about we just have the like the pinging of the bullet hitting right. the car, you know, the little directional spark flying off of it. Yep, exactly. It works. It all works out. Mm-hmm. Um, last thoughts and rating. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I, yeah, go I haven't seen this movie, so I probably have a um, fresh. An unbiased, more fresh opinion. So uh, this movie, as we said, has a uh, it's a believable yet ridiculous story. Um, you know, a mobster that needs therapy. Um, and, and our perception as people who have watched mob movies is if they get flaky, they get put out to the pasture, right? Somebody yep. takes them down. And it was even discussed at one Unless point. Unless they're the using movie. it as a defense. 
Because that's the other thing. He was like, he was saying, you know, if you're doing this to to work with a, you know, set the stage for an insanity claim later, just let us know. Because it was used in real life by mm-hmm. certain mobsters. One, um, I believe Joe Gigante, crazy Joe Gigante was is one of mm-hmm. them that did that. He used to walk around New York uh, with a walker and robes and bath slippers just walking oh, around like he did that because oh didn't they talk about that in one of the movies we watched probably where yeah, like yeah. they didn't they bugged his apartment and they bugged his so house talk, but they didn't yeah. bug the cars as he gave his you know all the way along the and he could look like he was just kind of out of it and yeah but he yeah. was still giving with his nurse walking in but the, yeah. it's a, a, the nurse being the big guy you know what i mean his caretaker mm-hmm. yeah um but you know the it, it's a little fantastical for i mean for 99 i mean mental health has taken on a new form and new shape it's a i don't want to say it's a hot word or a buzzword but Mm -hmm. like and 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 i'm not saying this in any like i've used this at work with some of my executives like people are saying the key word lately mental health Mm -hmm. and um and you know when someone says that like you have to give them attention but in 99 not as much Mm -hmm. uh they did use a couple questionable words for today's uh vernacular oh yeah um because and and i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna repeat them because i like my (laughs) job um but you know they were i I know what they were talking about they don't want to become you know they don't want to become soft yeah because they're mobsters is is, is that yeah what there's that errant w (laughs) um and and you know they don't want to lose their edge more or less yeah um you know the 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 cast was was executed i think very well for what was needed billy crystal being a master craftsman and de niro really leaning into being a silly goose mm-hmm, yeah uh, right down to the you know <laughs> and and no you know he's just emotionally crying he's not even physically crying at all which does lead to a little bit of the, of the goofiness but then and when he talks about it they pay it off later and i mentioned this earlier today when the commercial comes on about going on a hike <laughs> And he starts crying in his hotel room. <laughs> Just watching it. Just watching TV. Because he's watching the dad helping the, the son up the rocks mm-hmm. and stuff, even though he's super old. Yeah, that it's it's a silly concept, even by today's standards, you know, with today's uh, more focus on and research on mental health. Um, but but damn, it's it's quite uh it's quite enjoyable in that in that regard. Um, very little special effects, some blood packs, as you mentioned, um, beyond that, uh, you know, the soundtrack was, I honestly didn't remember a lot of it until you mentioned it. And granted, I watched, I haven't watched this movie in a couple of days. So, or more than yeah. a couple of days. So I literally just watched it today again. Yeah. So, um, you know, there is a sequel to this analyze that, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen either, but I do know that it has Joey Diaz in it, who is a Okay, side story. If you don't know who Joey Diaz is, look him just up. Look up Joey Diaz, and um, type in Coco C O C O. Joey Coco Diaz. Um, Joey Diaz on the Alex Jones show. <laughs> oh, that's gotta be great. He goes. That's gotta be great. It's a fifteen-minute-long clip, and he's sitting there across from Alex Jones. Joe Rogan, who is a very good friend of Joey Diaz, is sitting beside him. And he just goes on and on, like arm up, arm down, like like he's karate chopping the table with with his points. And he's making good points. He's very loud. Uh, and he will say this. He's very Cuban. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the neighborhood all the time. I believe he was in The Sopranos. I follow him on on Twitter. Now let me tell you something. He He's is sensitive. He is wild. He is He's sensitive. One city. Yeah, this guy basically still lives in 1978 uh-huh. uh, because you know there's no such for him woke means waking up in the morning mm-hmm. and, that's what and, woke means oh, and, and smoking a fat one yeah <laughs> that's, <laughs> smoking that's a fat his one. woke woke and, up and uh yeah and and lick his balls if you think differently yeah mm-hmm. yeah he doesn't care what you think <laughs> if you if if you don't but but it's a positive message yeah at least because he, he tries to convey yeah 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 I love the name of his podcast of his old podcast is uh, the church of what's happening now, because in that span from Joe Rogan talking with Joey Diaz on one of his podcasts before I had to bail on it because they're just so long, three and a half plus hours. Yeah. Um, and he's Joe Rogan was like, but the church, the church and Joey Diaz is like, fuck you. The church of what's happening right now is that people are out on the street and it's just, just nice. <laughs> so uh, he's also in the longest yard if you watch that remake and, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other every yeah well i think we said the sopranos he's in that and mm-hmm. um but he is he is a force of humanity let's just yeah, say definitely but he always has interesting things to say and you can find something everybody can find something out of what he says but he is a gem maybe and not he's too, in the next one so now you want to watch it at some point i mean i knew he was in the next one but he he's a gem um uh, because he tells it like it is and he'll listen, but he'll tell you where he does, doesn't agree with you. Right. He might not do it in the most, uh, as you said, the most woke of ways, <laughs> but uh, he will, he will express himself in a way, but he is a, uh, he is a very interesting um, polarizing person to the, in, in certain crowds for sure. But uh, Alex Jones Joey Diaz. I almost said Alex Ross. That's out. a completely different thing. I'm checking it out. Yeah. Did you catch? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I said Alex Ross almost. <laughs> that would. That's way different. Um, but uh, you know, so this is the first time viewing for me. As I said, great acting, great. Uh, uh, the 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 Tony Bennett thing at the end. I just thought I didn't realize that was a until they came out with, until they panned out <laughs> and he said, "I'm here for a friend of mine." He told me to stay as long as you need, <laughs> and then they panned out even further. They're on his front yard next to that. Mount uh, that <laughs> that fountain that we didn't even touch on monster like, fountain what's the deal like this hoa has got to be finding him every day <laughs> you know, that was the first thing i thought of like what's the hoa doing here and granted this is 99 <laughs> hoas weren't as prevalent and, plus and also an even if it was i'm sure somebody stopped in at the office to make sure no one was going to say anything about it <laughs> that hey you, hey, know, you see that thing over there that. you're like yeah oh, you can't do that no you don't see that thing you over there. don't worry about it <laughs> you don't see that thing over there so uh, for this movie, first time viewing, um, and and after talking about it with you, um, out of five Tony Bennett concerts, I got to go four on this one. Nice, nice, um, dude. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. You know, watching it again, I really enjoyed it again. Uh, performances are just spectacular. Absolutely. I mean, I don't. I'm not the kind of guy that walks around using the word "splendid" in everyday conversation. <laughs> but let me tell you something splendid performances from crystal and de niro mm-hmm. i mean just like when they saw that right you had to have executives and i mean everybody that saw these guys working just had to see just dollar signs like holy crap this the the magic between the two you know um they had such great chemistry they played off very well with each you know off of, off of each other 
Uh, the soundtrack just fits everything about what's going on in the film. There's a lot of that old doo-wop stuff, even though it's, it's modern day, it's kind of always tied to gangsters and, and, you know, the golden era of the mob. So you're always going to have that music playing. You're always going to have Tony Bennett or Sinatra going on. Um, you know, the story is, it's a fun story and it's enjoyable. And some might say, Hey, you know, what's going on? Because, you know, two months before this movie came out, the Sopranos, debuts and it's literally about a mobster who needs to go see a therapist except this is a little bit more serious right um it's 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 fun dude i enjoyed this film i would definitely watch this at any other time it's 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 like uh you know it's it's wow i liked it so for me I'm going to give this, I'm going to go a little higher than you because I, I, there was, there's something about this movie. I love mob movies and this is right up there with some of my favorites. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot to say too. One of my favorite scenes when they did the one scene from the Godfather where uh, Don Corleone gets shot at the fruit stand and, and Fredo bumbles the gun and can't save him, dude. They played that out. And it's funny that, that De Niro is in that movie, right? And is in Godfather too. And, when he asks, Are you sure he's not playing out De Niro fumbling his sunglasses for Midnight Run? Oh, <laughs> no, but he's doing that. And he, when he asked Billy Crystal who he was in this in this dream and he says who he was, he's like, oh, I was Fredo. I don't think so. <laughs> like that shit is just too funny for me, man. Um, so for me, this is a four point five uh, private Tony Bennett concerts out of five. Uh, highly recommend to anybody who's into comedy into gangster films into de niro and billy crystal and billy crystal sure yeah if you're a billy crystal fan you've probably already seen it <laughs> question yeah, as you should have hmm. what are we doing next <laughs> uh so next week um another movie that i have yet to see that i've heard from you a few good things about um the scummy um uh dirty gritty uh, younger gang movie, The Warriors. Now look what we have here before us. We've got the Saracens sitting next to the Jones Street Boys. We've got the Moonrunners right by the Van Cortland Rangers. Nobody is wasting nobody. That is a miracle. And miracles is the way things ought to be. You're standing right now with nine delegates from a hundred gangs. And there's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members. 40,000 counting affiliates and 20,000 more, not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Oh my God. If, if you've never seen the movie, you've at least heard the most famous line of all warriors come out and play. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and man, it's, this is, so you want to talk about 
a stylized product of its time. This mm-hmm. is a 70s movie that is just about like it's it's a comic book movie from back in those days, basically. Uh, and but you'll with, see what I mean by that. Well, and what I hear is weird about it, though, is that it's nothing but disco. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> All right. Proactive homework listeners. But it's good stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah, dude, we're going to have some fun. Um, and I'm looking forward to it next week. All righty. This is it. This is the end of our show. Yeah. We'll see you guys off. next week. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it now. We're not going to talk about anything else but saying goodbye. Uh, do you want to promote anything? Tell them to go find you at the at the con. Yeah. So you just, uh, do you know your table number or anything? Do you know any of that? So the way it works in Fayetteville is there are the standard booths that you'll see at every convention and they go all the way up until you get to the other side where they have the curtains and stuff up. You know, you've been to a galaxy con or even at nickel city when that was a thing or when that was a good thing. Yeah. And you know, and they have just that row of curtains that people can go behind and sneak off and whatever. There's just one row against the edge of the, uh, of the convention center and you know, there's the wall where, and then there's like the corner or there's one wall, there's another wall. That's how buildings work. And we are right in the middle, like right at the mesh point of where those two uh, people walls mesh. I don't understand why or how they put us there, but they put us there. Primo. And we get two tables. Are you going to have like a big sign that says, what is it? Power Rangers in cyberspace, Power Rangers guy. What does he have? What do you guys Uh, have? So Christian isn't going. Okay. So it'll be the first con that I've gone to in the last couple of years without him. Wow. Um, but luckily, uh, we have a third host that joins us periodically who lives down here as well, um, Lorenzo. Uh, we actually ironically met him at the last Fayetteville two years ago. Oh, nice. And, uh, and he, he, was, uh, he was a volunteer on, uh, on the Saturday, and he covered our table for us, and we just hit it off. You know? nice. it was, and so he has joined our, our ranks, and um, he'll be stepping in for, uh, in Christian's place. Sweet. So, you know, we'll be there. I'll be hopefully unloading a whole bunch of pops for low cost. There you go. And um, go get you your know, pops. What a shame. Yeah. Uh, I'll even sell you the covers, for the cases, the little plastic ones that. Ooh. Not the expensive plastic ones. The protectors. The, the bendy ones. The dust, the dust covers. Yes. The slip covers for, uh, I put it on all of my pops now. Single pack, two packs, six inch, 10 inch, four there inch. There you go. So go, go find Sean at Fayetteville con. Um, what's the, what's the date and time? Uh, it is, today's, it is, uh, 19 it is, uh, 19 and 20. I believe it's 10 to seven. Sweet. And there, here's the, here's the rub, Chris weekend pass 25 bucks. Boom. 25 bucks to see Sean. And I mean, say hi to Lex Luger. You can come say for, see me for free, but first say hi to Sean. And then yeah. say hi to Lex Luger. Recognize me in front of Lex Luger. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, talk to Sean for a while. Look over at Lex Luger and say, oh, what do you do? Yeah. Where are you? What's your name again? What show did you used Larry, to be on? Huh? Do you have a podcast? Yeah. I, oh, what if I could sweet talk Magnum into talking about the NWA on a podcast? Dude, just be like, hey, listen, you know what? Let's just talk about this. Can you record it? Let's do it. No, I mean like sign into a contract. Oh. Let's start thinking about that. Let's start thinking about that. We might be doing that as a YouTube show. Johnny's uh, not. Instead, I, I tried to get Johnny to come. He's busy. Oh yeah, I saw that. He is. He is. Um, Poor guy. Yeah, go check out. Go check out Fayetteville Con this weekend if you're in the area. Um, other than that, guys, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. Um, 
same bat time, same bat channel. Check out the website, BICBP-radio.com, where all the other fun stuff is happening. For Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. Until next time, it is now time to unsilence your phones.